This is the Pet Podcast on Pets.ca, episode number 52, The Consequences of Inadvertently Neglecting Your Dog. Hey there, pet lovers. How's it going? And welcome to the 52nd Pet Podcast on Pets.ca. My name is Marco, and as always, we're coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. For today's show, we're going to talk about what happens when we mistakenly neglect our dog. And we're going to do this with our expert trainer, Elizabeth Simpson of TenderfootTraining.com. Before we get into the actual interview, I'd like to thank people for their comments on our last uh, podcasts and our last blog posts. The comments are so appreciated and our preferred way to get them is directly in the blog, www.pets.ca forward slash blog. All you have to do to leave a comment is just put in your name and email address. We never use your email address for anything. We just require it to protect against spam. So you have nothing to worry about by leaving it. Well, there's quite a lot to talk about with this interview with Elizabeth, so let's just get right into it now. So I'd like to welcome back Elizabeth from Tenderfoot Training. She and her husband, Doug, run TenderfootTraining.com, and they've been our guests and advisors for quite a few years now. And we'd like to welcome them back to our podcast, where we're going to talk about another cool topic. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having us once again. We always love being here. Always a pleasure to get the benefit of your great expertise. Well, thank you. Today we're going to talk about a really important topic, and um, it has multi-levels actually, and this is the topic of neglect and how neglect affects dogs. Rather than me prefacing it, why don't you start talking about neglect, Elizabeth, and why this is an important topic for us? Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's an incredibly important topic. I'm actually very excited to talk about it because the consequences of neglect are enormous and probably responsible for most of the reasons that people um, give up on their dogs, because neglect leads to insecurity, fears, separation anxiety, aggression, barking, running away, lunging, destruction of your things. I mean, really, it's limitless, the things that neglect can lead to. But what people need to understand is what is neglect? And, and I think that's the important key, because there's there's maybe abandoning your dog to the backyard and never playing with him and just leaving him out there with a bowl of water, well, yeah, that's neglect. But also, if you just hung out with your dog every day, but you did not engage their mind or take them out into the world and show them it's a wonderful place, and you didn't teach them things, you didn't stimulate them, that's neglect too. And it can be just as damaging and lead to all these terrible problems. So when we hear this, and, and this is great, I think for me, I just want to start off by saying that people aren't necessarily bad people when they're doing this. They just don't know the value of what they're doing, or they don't realize what they're doing. Would you agree? Exactly. It's kind of like having your child sitting in front of the television all day while you're busy on the computer. Well, your child is kind of with you and being engaged and they're safe, but they're not being taught. They're not being socialized. And it's kind of like saying, well, my kid is learning about people by watching TV. Well, no, they're not. It's different to touch someone's hand and shake their hand or speak to them, learn how to have social interaction, learn how to feel safe in the world. So, So, yeah, people don't understand that they're neglecting their dogs to the level that it's causing damage. And it's a really good point, actually, comparing it to children, because as we know, you know, obviously, Neglecting children is a terrible thing to do, but when we neglect children, they cry, they whine, they make it their business to let us know that we're neglecting them, and then we stop neglecting them pretty quickly. Dogs don't have that, I mean, they may try, but they don't necessarily have that same uh, vocal prowess that, uh, you know, that, that a young child has, and 
who's going to let you know, hey, it's time to interact with me. Right. And dogs do try. I mean, they'll whine at you, they'll pester you, they'll pull at your pant leg, and they do try. But we just think they're annoying dogs that don't have good manners. We don't understand that we created that. That it's, you know, we're not stimulating. They're very intelligent. We don't give them enough credit for what they're capable of learning and doing. And so we just think, oh, stupid dog, and, and push him back in the crater, back in the backyard, and ignore it and do what we want to do. And, and they're kind of crying out. They're saying, you know, I need more from you. Let's go do something. And that's the point is, is, you know, you've got a dog to have a relationship, not just to keep the corner of the carpet fuzzy and warm. It's, you know, this is a, an active being with a heart and a soul and a mind that needs more from you, and we need to understand that. And even though we hate to hear the word neglect, by kind of shooing that dog to the side or putting it back in the crate, that is what, in fact, we are doing. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, oh, my gosh, you have to be, you know, mentally engaging your dog 24-7. Well, that's just not reasonable. But we set aside time in our day to, you know, go to the gym or to take the kids to the park or, you know, to get our hair done or get a massage. We, set it, we, we schedule our days so heavily in this contemporary world we live in that, um, that usually the dog ends up at the bottom of the list and we never get to them. And so we have to consciously put them into our day. We have to say, I'm going to take him for a walk. I'm going to brush him. I'm going to teach something new today. And you have to make him a part of your life every day. I would agree. Uh, would you suggest that making them a part of your life every day at the same time is a good idea? That way they come to expect the interaction at certain... It's because no. most... It's, I'm sorry. It's kind of because like most people have a routine, right? Uh, a lot of people are not home all day. They're just not. So, right. you know, they might want... I want the dog to, like, look at his little internal watch and go, excuse me, it's 4 o'clock, you need to get me out now. Right. It's, you know, maybe it's 4.15, maybe it's 3 o'clock, maybe it's not till 6 o'clock. You know, I don't, we try not to do anything too regimented, too scheduled. I mean, you can, you can kill them with that, too, because then they get stressed when you aren't there at 4 o'clock to take them out, outside. You know, life happens. It happens when it happens. You just have to know in your heart, this afternoon I'm going to do this with my dog. Or when I'm home with my dog, we're going to spend some time in the living room and we're going to play games. Or we're going to, you know, do some training. Or we're going to spend time together. We're going to do stuff. Because when it's 4 o'clock, they know when it's 4 o'clock. If you've been oh, doing yeah. it at 4 o'clock for a week or a month, they know when 4 o'clock is. Right. And then they get stressed if what they're expecting to happen at 4 o'clock doesn't happen. That causes stress. So that was our fault because we set them up for it. We set them up to be stressed, and that's not fair to them. So again, and, and I know we've kind of covered this before, but not everyone has listened to every podcast. So what about people that are out uh, during the day? So they may interact with their dog uh, in the morning at some point, and let's say in the evening at some point. What about during the day when they have nothing to do? Can we just? I know we've kind of covered this in previous podcasts, so I don't want to dwell on it, but what could they be doing in the middle of the day? What should they be doing in the middle of the day? Well, if you can come home and take your dog out, that would be great. Um, if you have the ability to take your dog to a doggy daycare during the day. And you don't have to do it every day of the week, but even if it's, you know, a couple days a week, that's light years, light years better than nothing. And, of course, you want to make sure it's a good doggy daycare and it's well run and all the rest. But, you know, that's, that's he's learning from other dogs and he's getting social stimulation and he's learning that the world is a bigger, you know, place than your four square walls in your home. And, um, and he's coming home exhausted. And the next day he's probably going to be exhausted because he played all day. So um, you can also, you know, do dog parks in the afternoon. Again, make sure it's a good dog park because most dog parks need to be <laughs> better monitored. Um, but there are good dog parks out there. You know, go for the walk in the middle of the day. But sometimes you're going to have to find they have interactive games now. Instead of just giving your dog a big bowl of food in the morning, well, put it into a busy ball. 
so that he can, you know, chase it around the kitchen floor all day as little pieces of food pop out. It entertains him. Um, some dogs watch TV. I have a dog that watches TV. So, um, And also, you know, even the noise of having a radio on when they have to be home alone can be helpful because it is stimulation, and they don't sit there in a quiet, dead silence, and then the littlest noise can make them unsettled or nervous or barky. So it can be also a good sort of a, a cover sound, like almost a white noise in the house to keep them um, a little bit more mentally engaged. But the time you spend with them in the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, if you can come home in the middle of the day, if it's time really well spent, then they'll just rest for the rest of the time. Because if you think about it, in nature, dogs hunt, they play, and they sleep a ton. Right. So if you've stimulated them enough in the other parts of the day, then they're happy to just sleep. One thing I just wanted to mention as well, um, some people do have great neighbors, and sometimes a neighbor can also be uh, a great solution to this. The neighbor okay, get, a, get a dog walker, have you know, a neighborhood kid after school come over and take the dog out. You know, again, you want to make sure everything is, is going to be safe and copacetic. Um, maybe your neighbor has a dog, and they can, you can do a play date over at their house, and then they can do a play date at your house when you're home. Um, there's tons of, of things, but, but it's really, we have to emphasize that when you bring a dog home, Especially when it's a puppy, you, it's your responsibility to get that puppy out into the world and teach them the world is a wonderful place. That will last a lifetime. It creates that foundation for the rest of their life experiences to come from. But if we keep that new eight-week-old puppy at home and uh, because we're afraid to have it out in the world because it doesn't have all its vaccinations yet, you are not taking advantage of the most precious time for socialization, which is the first four months of a puppy's life, that's when the door is wide open for socialization and have all these great experiences that stick with them for life. But if we come because we're scared about vaccinations and whatnot, and then suddenly at four months when they get their, their last rabies shot or whatever, um, we, we suddenly expose them to the world, well, as far as they're concerned, you just dropped them on an alien planet, and they're going to be scared, and you're going to have so much, it's going to be so much harder to get them to feel comfortable in the world, feel safe in the world, look forward to being in the world, and because we missed out on that great opportunity. So what you're saying, so you're actually talking about neglect in a slightly different way. You're, we're saying it's, it's almost our responsibility to socialize them, and when we don't socialize them, that's another form of, of neglect. It really is. You're neglecting their mental most, and emotional and physical needs if you're not getting them out into the world. They need to meet people. They need to meet other dogs. They need to meet cats and horses and cows and tall people and short people and young people and old people. They need to meet, be in different environments. And, bl and black people and white people and people with glasses and people with caps and people with canes. All of it. Excellent information. And, and we can't be surprised when we see problem behaviors if we're not doing this. I mean, if we're, right. not, if we're not spending time with our dog and we're not socializing our dog or puppy, we can't be surprised when they exhibit all these maladaptive behaviors according to what we think their behavior should be. Exactly, and that's the perfect word for it is maladaptive, and that's our fault. So, and, and the thing is, though, too, a lot of people will say, well, I socialized my puppy really heavily until six months old, but then, you know, I got this new job or this and this happened or the dog park closed or whatever, and so it hasn't, we haven't been doing it as much. We got busy, and then suddenly at 12 months or 18 months, the dog is really acting out of control when it sees other dogs or when it sees other people or whatever the issue might be. And we think, well, gosh, didn't we do our work when they were tiny puppies and it should pay off now? It's, it's a continuation. Yeah. And we always have to be social. These are highly social creatures. We have to keep it up. We need to be active every day, not just during the first six months when they're learning, right? Obviously. Right, right. Obviously. 
Yeah, because we get calls all the time from people who say, my dog was amazing with other dogs until he turned 12 months or 18 months or, what, or two years, whatever the, you know, that particular moment was for that dog. And maybe something occurred to scare that dog, but boy, that dog stepped up to the plate and suddenly became dog aggressive or um, you know, can't go to the dog park anymore because he's socially inappropriate. And so it's, it's a continuation. We have to keep it up. Right. Responsibility. Right. You know, and, and we should start this, like you say, at, at what time? When should we? When should we? Well, pretty much immediately. I mean, you want to make sure that your puppy at least has its first round of shots. And then when you're taking it out into the world, you don't want to, you don't want to take a young puppy to the dog park. That, you just don't want to do that. You're exposing it to inappropriate interaction with possibly adolescent dogs that aren't going to be very nice to your puppy. And then we're setting them up for having a bad experience, and we don't want that. We're also possibly exposing them to dogs who haven't been vaccinated or dirty, soiled areas that are still holding disease. So what you have to do is be more mindful about it. You have to socialize your dog with physically and emotionally healthy dogs. And it just popped into my mind, you also have to do the same thing with people, physically and emotionally healthy people. Tons of people don't know how to interact with puppies and might play with them inappropriately, which would teach that puppy then bad manners. So make sure that you're always present to say, oh, oh, you're getting a little too crazy with my puppy, my puppy right now, and um, I need you to calm down and teach him how to play nicely. So you need to be willing to step up to the plate and help other people teach your dog proper manners. I, I totally agree. And, it, and it's a really important point you made. We obviously do get concerned that they might catch something outside before um, they've gotten their full round of shots. But there's no reason why they can't meet uh, you know, a good dog, someone else's right. good dog that's had their shots. You know, that, that's not a risk to them. You know? And, they, and right. they should be meeting all kinds of other people, as we just mentioned, uh, yeah. in, in the safety of their disease-free environment or some other disease-free environment. And your puppy's not likely to catch parvo from a kitten or a cat right. or a horse. So those are all opportunities. Every opportunity you create for your puppy or your dog to have a positive social interaction with any kind of creature, they will remember that and think, oh, the last time I got a little nervous about meeting that new being, it turned out to be great and I had fun. So next time I meet a new being and I get feel that remembering, I remember that little feeling of being, of being nervous, I'll also remember that it ended out okay. So I'll be more likely as a puppy to want to try hard and to create another good experience. But if I remember failure, if I remember fear and being scared, then, um, and then I was taken away from that creature, then that's what I'm going to remember all the time is the negative feeling and the fear. So we always want to end on a positive note, but you know, meeting a cat is just as beneficial as meeting another dog. We don't want to shelter our dogs during this period. Even though they haven't had their shots, we don't want to get so phobic that we never let the dog leave our house. We want them to leave our house and go to other safe places. Right. And I have clients that, you know, kick themselves because they didn't take care, take care of that socialization when the puppy was young. And they are paying such a heavy price right now. Because you only get one easy shot. You can correct, yeah. you can correct all the behavior, but you only get one easy shot, and that's when they're young. Yeah, and otherwise you're making up for lost time. Yeah. So, and, it's, you know, and we talk about you know, neglect being as damaging as abuse to dogs. Well, you know, abuse, when we think of abuse, we think of you know, a dog being beaten or hurt or frightened. Dogs, and I'm not encouraging anybody hurts their dogs, don't do that. But Never hit your dog. Never hit your dog. <laughs> but if somebody else has hit, hit your dog in the past, okay, dogs are way more forgiving than we give them credit for. They, they get over that kind of stuff so long as you show them love in the future. 
and but neglect neglect is is almost a misfiring of the brain synapses because they never were healthily created in the first place. So you're always fighting that negative reaction, that negative response, that negative memory, um, and and so it can be more damaging than out and out abuse. Let's face it, some people consider neglect abuse. Many people consider neglect to, in fact, be abuse. Well, it is. If, actually, if you look it up in the dictionary, in the thesaurus, neglect is right there with cruelty and, you know, every other bad negative word you could come up with for, for treating an animal. Yeah, and Neglect it's, is right in there. And it's the reason humans get divorced. Neglect is a very powerful thing. So we ourselves know what a powerful force and destructive force neglect is. I mean, if you and I were sitting in, in the living room together, maybe you're reading a book and I'm knitting or watching TV or whatever, and we don't talk to each other, we're neglecting our relationship. Dogs rely on us. We are their rock stars. We are the center of their universe. They rely on us for all of that stuff. So if we don't step up and take care of it and, and engage them and interact with them and, and provide that leadership and that loving and that socialization, then they have no choice but to succumb to our neglect. They they really can't, as you said, like a child would step up and go, hey, we need to do something together. A dog really just will go and give up. Or he'll chew on a shoe or a table. Or, yep, or they become destructive. Right. And Or reactive and barky and lungy and, you know, all this. It'll become more apparent when they really have that high-level threat show up in their face. That's when the, usually the worst behavior shows up. But, and that's when we get that, oh, well, how come my dog is acting so aggressive? Hi, so nice in the house. Well, that's because he hasn't been out of the house enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> he right. hasn't met other dogs enough to know that they're good, good creatures. And again, and again, the neglect, uh, if we're talking about neglect and we're talking about solutions for neglect, the solution we're, we're primarily talking about is our own human interaction. We're not talking about the dog is bored, so we're letting the dog out by itself in the backyard. That's not, yeah. what, that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about taking responsibility for this creature and going out into the world. Spending our own precious time, even though time yep. is precious, interacting with the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, really, you know, get a cat. Cats don't care as much. They, you can pet them and love on them, and, and life is good. They don't thrive on that socialization, that play, that constant stimulation as much as dogs do. And it's a good point. It's a harsh point, and, and some people hate to hear it. Well, you shouldn't have gotten a dog, or you shouldn't get a dog, but at the end of the day, it's true. A dog is not a fish. A dog is a social creature. A dog needs interaction in order to thrive. Will the dog drop dead if you neglect it? No, but you're damaging the dog psychologically, and I think it's a point that uh, I think we're driving home pretty well right, right now. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's so important because on a daily basis, you know, I hear from people that, that swear the dog that they brought home from the shelter was abused. You know, and but when they say abused, they say they are meaning that it was beaten. And I think that truly, yes, abuse does exist in this world, and and it is shocking what people do to animals. But I don't think that it necessarily exists to the level that everybody else thinks it, it does. Um, you know, if your dog is is in the shelter and cowering in a corner, well, it's not because it was necessarily beaten by a human. It's scared to death because this is a foreign environment and it doesn't have the internal self-confidence to deal with it. And because it was probably just either kept in someone's apartment and never got out into the world or was left in someone's backyard and never experienced anything. So this hugely foreign environment becomes overwhelming and then they just shiver in the corner. And then you get them home and then you find out, wow, this is a totally different dog than I saw at the shelter once they're in my home environment and they're feeling a little bit more comfortable. But, um, but I think 
people don't understand that most of the dogs that are in the shelters were probably just neglected. And that's why they're there. The, the original owner set them up for failure by not teaching them, not socializing them, not taking them out into the world. Great, great, great point. A lot of people on our bulletin board are involved in rescue. I myself have experience uh, with rescue dogs. And you're absolutely right. Someone will go and adopt a rescue dog and then think, oh my God, this dog has problem behaviors. Uh, this dog had to have been abused. I, I don't have the, the capability to heal this dog. And that dog ends up back at the SPCA or another humane or the ASPCA or another humane society. And at the end of the day, on two owners now, the dog was neglected. The dog just didn't get enough stimulation, likely exhibited maladaptive behaviors because of this, and then got returned a second time. Double bad luck. And, um, you know, terrible things happen when dogs get returned to shelters multiple times. They don't last long. So right. at, the end, at the end of the day, even if you, you think you're doing a great thing, and you are by rescuing a dog, you are doing a great thing by rescuing a dog, you also have to take the time to socialize the dog, not neglect the dog, and interact with the dog, of course. In order to give that dog, in order to save that dog, you have to do more than simply adopt it. You have to interact with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and two, you know, the, the best thing you can do is get into a training program. And, you know, I don't care what age the dog is. A training program is awesome, whether it's private one-on-one or doing the group lessons. But that's, that's, a dog gains confidence in the world through understanding. And they, you know, when they understand what you're asking of them and what they need to be doing and it kind of feeds their heart and their soul to be communicating with you, that builds confidence. And it's amazing how little, in the end, sometimes it takes. We had one client who had this little dog that was scared to death of the world. Anybody came knocking at the door, the dog would fly across the house and hide in the corner under a bed. Well, after one good training, and then the guy backed it up by doing his homework, he called about a month later and said, okay, we got another problem. People come to the door, the dog leaps into their arms. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was the reverse. And so it, it doesn't have to, as much as we're saying, yes, this takes work and it takes effort, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. You know, just sometimes a little bit of effort means the world to your dog. Absolutely. Great info as always, Elizabeth. Just occurred to me wondering, um, is possibly an additional solution or something that may help? Might that be getting uh, another pet, another dog perhaps? Might that, that help? That could be awesome. You know, I, I won't tell you how many dogs we have, <laughs> but we absolutely believe in a pack mentality. You know, dogs stimulate each other. They play when, at, with each other when we can't play with them. But, um, and getting a cat can be helpful. Getting anything can be helpful. But in the end, if you have two neglected dogs because you're not paying attention to them and p- spending the time with them, well, that's not any better than one neglected dog. So, and you may not have twice the troubles in the end. You might have ten times the troubles because they're listening to each other instead of listening to you. So, as always, what we talk about is this is engagement, providing leadership, giving that support and that guidance, having um, a relationship with your dog. That's what this is all about because in the end, the more you do with your dog, the better he will be. As in all relationships that you have, the more you interact with your children, the better behave they should be. The more you interact with your spouse, the better relationship you're going to have. So this is a commitment of your time and your heart and your mind. Very good to know. Uh, we're coming toward the end of our podcast. I wanted to give you the last word, Elizabeth. Is there anything else that, that people, well, I'm giving you most of the words, but I want to give you the last word as well. Is there anything else that we, we, we shouldn't forget, anything that comes to mind before we conclude? Just the more you do with your dog, the better he will be. 
you know, they, they gain confidence and uh, balance from spending time with a great leader. A confident leader has a confident pack, and that leads to a healthy dog. So um, I also wanted to let you know if it's okay that we do have an article on this topic. Yeah, for sure. Um, with a magazine, in a magazine called The American Dog, and I know that it is available at Barnes & Noble and Borders and Whole Foods, um, but you can also go to their website and just Google um, The American Dog Magazine. Amazing, wonderful magazine. And I'm going to throw a link in the show notes as well. And um, if we can find this in Canada, I'm going to, I'm going to find a place. So if people want to order it, uh, they can. As always, uh, we've talked about it before. Elizabeth and Doug have an amazing uh, training CD. I've seen it a number of times. And it's very, very, very helpful. Covers a lot of the things we spoke about today. A link will go in the show notes as well for that, for people that may be interested. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks so much, as always, uh, for sharing the benefit of your many, many, many years of experience doing this and always giving us clear and easy tips that uh, we, can, we can use, that are practical. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We love sharing them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Elizabeth, and uh, have a good rest of the day. You too. And so I'd like to thank Elizabeth Simpson of TenderfootTraining.com one last time for sharing that great information with us. You know, a lot of times we just don't know what we're doing. And uh, thank goodness we can bounce our ideas off Elizabeth, who is going to tell us uh, the right way to do things, given her and her husband Doug's over 30 years of experience doing this. I'm going to put Elizabeth's site and a DVD in our show notes if people are interested in ordering it. If you like this podcast and you want to get it automatically, the fastest way to do so is just to click the button that says subscribe in iTunes on the front page of our blog. That's pets.ca forward slash blog. Or you could use something like Google Reader, which we love. And you can click the link on the front page of the blog as well and subscribe that way. If you're lurking on our forum, I encourage you to join. We have amazing members on our forum, very responsible members on our forum that can give excellent advice on, um, you know, on most pet related questions for sure. If you're into pet photography, we have a section on our forum for pet photography and uh, there's loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of pictures. And our members are uh, really addicted to uh, pictures. They go through withdrawal when they don't see enough. So if you do want to share uh, pictures of your own pet, I highly encourage you uh, to join our forum, uh, share some pictures, and you'll get some lovely comments, and uh, that way you can be a part of our community. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and as always, before we end, I like to encourage people to get down on their knees and give their pets a little hug and give them a massage, and just when you think you're done, give them one extra little scratchy under the chin from Marco. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.